And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. Good morning. Welcome to the daily football briefing from The Athletic. It's Friday the 1st of September. I'm Adam Leventhal and today we're asking, could Mo Salah leave Liverpool? We don't know deep down what Mo Salah wants. What was the most exciting Champions League draw for English clubs? I think that's what their fans want, right? I mean, that's what Newcastle as a club aspired towards. And why is Sterling out and Enketia in for England? I often think with these autumn international squads, you get players getting more opportunities, maybe more established names falling by the wayside. This is the Daily Football Briefing with Adam Leventhal. So it is transfer deadline day in England. The window of opportunity to complete switches between clubs ends at 11pm UK time. That's 6pm Eastern time. It's a day of late deals and drama, which we'll cover every step of the way on The Athletic. Central to the breaking news offering is David Ornstein, our football correspondent. Who else? Who joins me? David, great to see you. Lots going on at so many different clubs, but let's laser focus in on Liverpool's business and an important deal agreed on Thursday to sign Bayern Munich midfielder Ryan Gravenberg. Just give us the the detail of that and why it's so important. Liverpool were desperate to bolster their midfield following the departures of Jordan Henderson, Fabinho, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, James Milner, Naby Keita. They've been linked with Ryan Gravenberg for a number of months. I started to see reports in April. Even if you date back to the previous summer transfer window, he was on their recruitment list. He ended up moving from Ajax to Bayern Munich but he's barely played there, still only 21 years old. Jurgen Klopp loves him, wanted to sign him. It seemed to go hot and cold this summer, but then on Wednesday, we broke the news that Liverpool were engaged in negotiations now with Bayern Munich and the two parties were going back and forth on their respective valuations for him. It wasn't clear at that point if an agreement would be reached. It was not guaranteed that this would happen. Bayern Munich needed, and at the time of recording this, still do need to source a replacement. But in the meantime, Liverpool have agreed a fee with Bayern Munich, believed to be around €40 million, to sign Gravenberg. He'll sign what is expected to be a five-year contract. And there is great intrigue around this signing because everybody knows 21-year-old Netherlands international with great talent and potential, an ability to go far in the game, and Liverpool will hope that that is with them. So that's a key incoming for Liverpool, but there may be some nervousness for Liverpool fans on this deadline day because Mo Salah continues to be linked with a move to Saudi Arabia, Al-Itihad in particular. The transfer window closes in Saudi Arabia on September the 7th, so there will still be a week to go after the window slams shut 
in England. Should Liverpool fans be worried? I think the concern should only be until the end of the European window. Once that shuts, I don't see Liverpool selling Mo Salah for any price because then they have literally no time to replace him. At the moment, they have a little bit more time until 11pm on this very day. I would expect the interest to perhaps manifest itself in an offer of sorts on deadline day. I don't know that for certain, but why come this far? We all know that Aliti had want to sign Mo Salah, whether it's now or perhaps in the summer of 2024. We don't know deep down what Mo Salah wants. Earlier this month, his agent dismissed reports linking him with a move to the Saudi Pro League, saying that they would not have signed the new contract that they did a year ago if they intended to leave now. That contract has two years to go. If the reported £150 million proposal does come in, what will Liverpool do? They've said consistently that he is not for sale. He's going nowhere. Jurgen Klopp has spoken publicly to that effect. There are some who believe that there could be some kind of explosion on deadline day. Expect fireworks. And by that they mean an offer is going to arrive. And then let's see what happens. At the time of recording this, we do expect Mo Salah to stay at Liverpool. But in this industry, I guess it's a case of never say never. For much more from David, myself and Ayo Akinwaleri on the deals to look out for on deadline day, listen to the deadline day special edition of the Athletic Football Podcast. And there is also going to be so much more on the Athletic as deadline day unfolds, as the news breaks. And then, of course, as the Athletic does, like no one else, you've got all the in-depth analysis and the fallout too. So the Champions League group stage has been announced and there are some mouth-watering groups for some of the English clubs. Less so Manchester City, the defending champions, and Arsenal back in the big league for the first time since 2017. They'll both be happy with their draws. More so Newcastle, who were thrown together with European giants Paris Saint-Germain, Borussia Dortmund and AC Milan. The main subplot for Manchester United, meanwhile, taking on Bayern Munich and Harry Kane, a player they could and many United fans perhaps think should have signed this transfer window. Our Manchester United reporter, Laurie Whitwell, one of the stars of the Talk of the Devils Manchester United podcast that you can listen to on The Athletic, joins us now. Let's start with that United draw. Bayern Munich, obvious history with the German champions, 99 and all that, but taking on them this time, with Kane part of the offering, it gives it extra spice, doesn't it? Yeah, that's the obvious narrative around this. Um, the fact that Harry Kane was Eric Ten Hag's number one choice for that centre-forward role. And then United pivoted to Rosmus Hoyland. Um, you know, I think they always thought that Tottenham would be too difficult to deal with. Bayern Munich then showed that they could strike a deal. Um, whether or not they would have allowed a Premier League club to match that uh, is another question. A lot of people did think that were United using Bayern Munich as a stalking horse to then um, make a bid of the same uh, total as soon as that was agreed. Yeah, I think Harry Kane would have been a really interesting proposition as a Manchester United player, but he's a Bayern Munich player. He started well already as well. Um, and his uh, alternative at United, Rasmus Hoyland, hasn't actually played yet. So there's kind of an irony there, I think, in terms of United doing their business earlier, but actually still not being able to field the player. So he didn't join. And on this transfer deadline day, United fans are waiting to see who will join. Reguillon from Tottenham is coming to fill that left back 
uh, situation after Luke Shaw's injury. Perhaps Sofiane Amrabat from Fiorentina. Um, we shall see what happens, but will it be enough? Well, I mean, they've got three of their major signings in already. It felt at one stage in the summer that United had done their business early and, and done it quite aggressively. But as the weeks have gone on and it's sort of uh, petered into this situation, it, it feels a little bit more like panic stations because, you know, Luke Shaw's injury changed what they had to do in the market. You know, Sergio Reguilón coming in is, is an emergency situation. Um, obviously, they looked at Mark Kukurea. I think the, the fee that Chelsea wanted was quite high, £7 million pounds, uh, for the full season, I was told. And, and, and then, obviously, played for Chelsea in the Carabao Cups. So that complicated matters um, in terms of United only wanting really a half a season loan to kind of cover for Luke Shaw and then Sofiane Amrabat I think he's one that United have looked at for whole summer and, and always probably planned to try and go for late on just because it perhaps suited their their position their leverage um, and also they could kind of weigh up how much money they've got to spend because you know they sold Dean Henderson that's got that's gone through uh, to Crystal Palace for an initial fee of 15 million pounds so that's the, the kind of tightrope that they're walking in terms of the financial fair play. So we will see what happens with Manchester United on deadline day and Laurie will be covering it all the way for the Athletic but let's just finish where we started on the Champions League and that draw for Newcastle. It's going to be fun even though it's going to be really difficult. Yeah, uh, the winces in the auditorium I think spoke volumes um, <laughs> as soon as Newcastle came out of the hat because I mean, whoever was, was coming out of the hat was in for a you know, difficult um, you know, return to the Champions League. But I think that's what their fans want, right? I mean, that's what Newcastle as a club aspire towards. You know, you're in the Champions League, you want to be against the best. And that clearly is the most difficult group. So, yeah, um, fun trips, difficult trips. But I think that's what they'd rather have than not be in the competition. Laurie, thank you very much indeed. There's full analysis of the Champions League draw on the Athletic. The Europa League draw takes place today, Friday. That's 12 noon in the UK, 7am Eastern time. You're listening to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. Now it's time to talk about England and manager Gareth Southgate has announced his squad for the Euro 2024 qualifier against Ukraine and the friendly against Scotland, which comes after the latest round of Premier League fixtures. There's no Raheem Sterling after a bright start to the season, but there are notable inclusions. His Chelsea teammate Levi Colwill and Arsenal's Eddie Nketiah are given first senior call-ups. While Southgate sticks with Manchester United's Harry Maguire and City's Calvin Phillips, despite them not featuring for their clubs this season. And Jordan Henderson, meanwhile, remains despite now playing his football in Saudi. Well, to discuss it, the Athletics' Liam Toomey joins us now. Let's focus on the omission of Raheem Sterling, who's had a great start to the season, who's spoken very enthusiastically about how he's feeling about playing football, and then he gets a hit like this. Is it unfair? I think... Raheem Sterling's entitled to feel that it's unfair and Gareth Southgate hinted as much in announcing the squad where he said Raheem's not particularly happy about it. Um, I don't think there's any reason he should be given the way he started the season. I th My personal view is that Sterling looks as good as he has for several years. Um, physically, the way he's able to burst past players, but also the confidence that he's playing with. Um, to, to really commit defenders at every opportunity. I, I would say, as someone covering Chelsea regularly, that he's been Chelsea's best performer so far this season. But I think he would probably feel that having lost his place on merit 
last season. He's earned it back already, particularly when you consider how reliable a performer he's been for Gareth Southgate in the past. I suppose in contrast to the emotions that Raheem Sterling is feeling at the moment will be Eddie Nketiah, who's been rewarded for his start to the season. So it's it's almost polar opposites, isn't it? Yeah, I, I often think with these autumn international squads, you get more storylines like this uh, of players getting more opportunities, maybe more established names falling by the wayside when you still have a bit of time to run until... Uh, a major tournament but I'm sure Eddie and Ketia will now have half an eye on the Euros next summer. Some people will be thinking that the door should have closed on Jordan Henderson the moment he decided to go and play in Saudi Arabia but that's not the case and Gareth Southgate had intimated that it wasn't going to be the case doing some media rounds prior to uh, this squad announcement but the former Liverpool midfielder is in there and I suppose he has a bit of a, a point to prove that he's he's still deserving of that place. Yeah, I think it's fair to say there will be more scrutiny on Henderson's performances for England than ever before, given that he has taken what many perceive to be a massive step down from the Premier League and made a very polarising move to the Saudi Pro League. It's kind of a funny one when you consider it in the same context as, say, Sterling, because The broader picture that we've had of Southgate's tenure is that he's tended to stick with his reliable lieutenants, the guys who've who've done well for him in major tournaments and been really good characters in his group. Sterling's really the odd one out in that regard, but Henderson much more fits the picture of Southgate saying to his inner circle of, of leaders, you have to play your way out of my thinking rather than play your way in. And that that certainly seems to be the way he's still approaching it with Henderson. There's going to be full coverage of England and the key international fixtures right here on The Athletic. But we have a Premier League weekend to get our teeth into first. Your Friday night football viewing is as follows. Luton, playing their first league match of the season at Kenilworth Road against West Ham, is on Sky Sports in the UK at 8pm. That's 3pm on USA Network. In Germany, Dortmund, one of Newcastle's Champions League opponents, take on Heidenheim. That's 7.30 in the UK, also on Sky Sports. That's 2.30pm on ESPN+. And Jose Mourinho and now Romelu Lukaku's Roma take on AC Milan, another Newcastle Champions League opponent in Italy, 745 on TNT Sports in the UK. That's 245 in the States on Paramount+. Plus. Okay, that's it for today on this transfer deadline day. Remember, follow all the twists and turns on the Athletic website and app. Thanks very much for listening. I've been Adam Leventhal. Your producer was Mike Zimmerman and executive producer Ian McIntosh. If you are a briefing show fresher, Thank you very much for joining in. Subscribe and drop us a review if you can. To the hardcore, thank you very much for your continued support. Catch me on the Athletic Football Podcast weekend preview today, looking at all the action in the Premier League. And the briefing show will be back on Monday. Have a great weekend. The Athletic. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.